Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I'm a big Henry Winkler fan. Oh, gosh. It's the best thing he ever did. I I totally agree. It's the best thing he ever did. I keep telling whoever would listen that he should be hosting Saturday Night Live, but that's just me. But but I... I, Yeah, well, there's no writers now. Right. Now, there is no Saturday Night Night Live. Live. That's that's a terrible (laughs) thing. That's the problem. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was our pal Lou Charlotte talking about Henry Winkler and his great turn on the dark comedy Barry, uh, which I think is the best thing Henry Winkler has ever done. And that's why we were talking about it. I'm Arch Campbell. That was last week or two weeks ago. Welcome to this week, another edition of the podcast that tries to make sense of the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is standing by (laughs) in Katz podcast headquarters. That's right. And unlike Pat Sajak, I'm still here for now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For now. (laughs) Who's that woman standing next to you? Is that the cat letter turner? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and by the way, a a SAG after member too. So. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's important to all of us. Okay. So here we are today. And uh, such a pleasure to announce the double whammy of cinema experts, the group that Lou has dubbed the Gold Dust Twins. (laughs) (laughs) And they span the entire continent, first on the East Coast, where he's breathing the smoke from WTOP Radio, film facts savant, Jason Fraley. Thank you very much. <laughs> How's the air out there? Uh, it's all right, you know. It's, it's you know, everyone, uh, a lot of people in the world, you know, finally got rid of wearing masks, and now, you know, feel like you got to put them back on to go outside. You know, usually wore them inside, I wear them outside. I don't know. And now let's go to the other side of the world, to Los Angeles, and say hello to the critic for Observer.com and professor of film at Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Communications. I'm impressed with that one. It's the one and only Oliver Jones. Oliver. I I live to impress you, Arch. Uh, Thank you. Uh, All I can tell you guys, if you live in LA long enough, you get to breathe smoke as easy as I'm. Yeah. I got to say, Arch, when uh, uh, when you and Lou came up with Gold Dust uh, Twins, every yes. time I think of there was an old WWF wrestler named Gold Dust, and he was like uh, a Hollywood movie star. His finishing move was to place his opponent in the corner and he'd run up and kick him in the crotch. And he called it, it was called Great. Shattered Dreams. Great. Well, that's perfect. Really good. We're really helping the listeners. Pick their entertainment, aren't we? <laughs> okay, so here, here I am this week. Here we are. Uh, succession is over, and um, uh, Gina was out of town, so I've had to show her the final episodes of Succession. It's been really fun to uh, watch them again, but Succession is gone. A Barry is gone. It's over. It's concluded. Ted Lasso has concluded. So basically, I got nothing to watch. What, what are you two going to say about that? 
Well, it's only going to get worse, right? I mean, you know, we're we're in a um, we're in a strike that that is no signs of abating that that is gaining momentum um, that will at least last uh, through this month and maybe you know beyond that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think we're at this point that we need to start getting ready for a um, reboot of American Gladiators because that's that's what comes out of at every strike, you know. Um, there was a documentary about that coming out, isn't there? Yeah, I just, I just watched it. That's that's how I know my, oh, my yeah. American Gladiator factoids here. I'm not just right. a super oh, fan okay. of it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know... Well, we you have, have movies with no script. You have a few left. You have um, uh, the uh, Watergate show, White House Plumbers, on... on um, uh, yeah, yeah, I watched that. that. I, you know, I... I, I think thought it, it was funny. I think uh, I think tragic farce is a good genre. Um, and uh, and you have the diplomat on on Netflix, uh, which is another sort of DC politico type show. Welcome to London, Ambassador Wilder. Tell me how. I'm the ambassador's wife. My husband was an ambassador for a long time. This will be an adjustment. So you got a yeah. few more before things get really desperate. That's the one with Carrie Russell, right? Yeah. Where she goes uh, to uh, England or. Uh... She's yeah. the the um, representing America in England, and of course it's I love it. Uh, it's got a a, a cliffhanger, so if you, and uh, at the end of its season, so if you don't if if you don't want to be on uh, you know Tinder hooks for the rest of the summer, beware. Nice. <laughs> Well, what I've I've been sort of filling the streaming uh, void. Uh, you know, I'm I'm missing Ted Lasso and succession and everything else uh but i've sort of been trying to fill the void with uh platonic have you guys heard of platonic on apple tv yeah mm -hmm. it's uh it's 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 not as good as a uh, shrinking or something like that but i mean i guess it sort of fills the comedy void void uh it, it sort of grew on me i wasn't i was not really hot on it at first and it sort of grew on me as it went so it's seth rogan who basically plays himself as this stoner right. guy <laughs> and uh rose Byrne, uh, i remember from bridesmaids and some other stuff Very there pretty. are these they're these platonic friends who sort of drifted apart because she never liked um, uh, Rogan's uh, in the move in the show, uh, his his choice of wife. But he's at the start of the show, he's getting divorced. So now they reconnect. And it's this, you know, when Harry met Sally, you know, you know, can you just be friends thing? So lunch? No. Brunch? No, I don't have time for this. Can't be friends with a girl. There's lots of famous men and women friends. Laura Dern and Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. But it's to the point, like, the antics that they go in are are zany. You know, they stay out late partying and everything. But it gets to the point where you almost feel bad for her husband and her kids who are at home, you know, at least for the first five or six, seven episodes before they sort of address, like, the husband's like, hey, I'm kind of feeling left out. Like, you, you know, doing cocaine at, like, three in the morning and going, you know, stuff like that. So it's hard to sort of, like like her as a character but by the end i think they kind of they bring it around i don't know are you guys watching it mm -hmm. at all i've been wanting to start it but yeah. uh i've been uh i've been too caught up watching old movies i'm just acclimating myself to old movies because i figure that's all that's gonna yeah be yeah um, you know that what you just described sounds like uh fleshman's in trouble fleshman mm -hmm. is in trouble with um, uh lizzie kaplan as the friend and you know, you want them to get together, and they're not, and she's yeah. married. And, uh, yeah. So, Similar. you know, and I like that. But so. it's pretty funny. Like, I, ultimately, I'll come down on recommending it. Like, it's pretty it's pretty funny. It's good seeing Seth Rogen back in the, in that vibe. Um, But I, I will say, for there are some icky moments where you're like, eh, all right, I don't know about that. Oh, it's so awkward, but I guess that's the point. 
Um, and then I'm also watching, there's another on the drama side of Apple. I'm watching something called The Crowded Room. I only saw the first episode, but it's uh, Tom Holland of Spider-Man. Oh, it's yeah. Like a, yeah, it's like a darker thriller role for him. It opens with this, like, he does this, like, attempted shooting outside of 30 Rock in, in Manhattan. And then Amanda Seyfried, is it Seyfried or Seyfried? I always mess that up. She, she's the interrogator. Danny, you don't really seem like a dangerous person. Can you tell me how you ended up here? It never struck you as strange that this man just showed up to save you. Just figured I was lucky. Have you ever been lucky? No. So I don't know. I'll give it a shot, but it's not really grabbing me so so far yet after one. I'll keep it going, though. Oliver, I'm with you. I've been watching old movies. So yeah. what have you rediscovered? Well, the big uh, um, the big thing I've been watching in my house, and it's just been making me incredibly happy, is the um, a- Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart Westerns, the five uh, Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart Westerns. Mm. They're, they're, um, they're being shown on uh, Criterion Channel, uh, starting with Winchester 73 and including The Naked Spur. Nice. Um, these are just uh, incredible movies and one of the great runs of uh, any director and actor and certainly um, in the in the Western genre. Um, it's su- they're such a treat. They're so well made, and Jimmy Stewart is so good in them. As is the surrounding cast. Um, mm. But I would definitely recommend that. Um, uh, starting with Winchester '73 and then on to the Naked Spur. Yeah, Winchester '73 is is such a great movie. And that's such a good pull, Oliver. It's it's sort of that as as that rifle gets passed around from person to to owner to owner. It's sort of like you know they Ophel's the the earrings of Madame Day or Spielberg's yeah. War Horse or you know yeah. th- those movies where it sort of passes something around and and you keep following. And then Naked Spur, you know, it's probably one of the best like. Techno, beautiful Technicolor westerns ever. So nice, nice Anthony Mann. Nice. Well, um, it's been it, they've been incredibly soothing. I guess I guess seeing the um darkness of of man's uh greed and all of that uh during this time uh you know shown in that way um has been uh somehow I don't know cathartic. I guess. Yeah. Were I you a fan of those art? To, you know, I never was much of a fan of westerns. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I like Stagecoach. Yeah. I, I didn't quite discover those. No, I didn't. So I need to I need to catch up on that. I discover I stumbled onto a room with a view. Uh-huh. And watched yeah. it again. <laughs> Does that make me the softy of the week? Oh, it's a good no, movie. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's it's so well constructed and so well done and the music is so beautiful and i i had read a reference to it as the gateway drug of <laughs> who was it that produced all those movies merchant uh, merchant uh, merchant ivory's yeah. gateway yeah. drug <laughs> Some incredible acting in that movie by uh, Helena uh, Bonham Carter. Yeah. Right? It was and, her um, first movie. Yeah, she was pretty good. And, and wasn't uh, Julian Sands in that movie? Um, yes. Who, um, yes. Who has uh, gone, disappeared, and mm-hmm. has never found him again. Uh, Lost in the mountains of California, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind um, of a weird and scary thing. Yeah. I think I stumbled onto it because I had watched Howard's Imp. Right. Not yeah. the series, but the movie. Same thing. Anthony Hopkins and uh, Emma Thompson, yeah. and you know, just just literary. So I I just had kind of a literary 
People I was like always a big fan of, of their remain, of, uh, Remains of the Day, speaking yeah. of Hopkins. And yeah, 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 that's That was a good one. It's funny you so, guys met. So it's funny you mentioned. I think all three of us got to the old movie phase this past uh-huh, couple of weeks uh-huh. because I've got something for you, too. So Oliver's watching Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart Westerns. Yeah. Arch is catching up on Merchant Ivory, you know, period romances and stuff. <laughs> um, I randomly, for no reason at all, have I went like over the last week, I've, I went on a Brian De Palma kick. Um, oh yeah oh. And, it, and it's been it's been thrilling i mean wow all the big ones you know I, i've seen a million times you know oh. i don't know like carrie and the untouchables and scarface and mission impossible all, all that stuff but um somewhat inspired by i was thinking about that awesome documentary de palma they made a couple years ago where he yeah, goes that was so really good. i like revisited a bunch of movies when that came out but for some reason i was just thinking about it and i dove back in again and watched like the the more hitchcockian kind of stuff yeah, I watched Sisters, Obsession, uh-huh. Dress to Kill, and Blowout, which is probably um, uh, my favorite of that. I know that's like a, a send-up of Antonioni's uh, Blow uh, Up, blow which up, yeah. also highly recommend. But Blowout, man, what revisiting it, um, not only young John Travolta, but like the, the shots that, that De Palma does in, in Blowout are, it's uh-huh. like... Yeah, it's like some of the most audacious stuff. Like the, he has like a circling camera that shows sort of the passage of time as uh, John Travolta's in his office, running in and out of the office, looking for like someone that deleted uh, his his audio recordings. But the way he like splices together still images of the car going off the bridge with the governor and the assassinate, and he sees like smoke coming from the bushes, and he has to pair it with the audio that he's a sound recordist. It's such a cool movie. Oh. There's still loose ends, witnesses, the girl. I've decided to terminate her. Terminate her. Terminate her. Wow. Oh, I- where, where, where did you find that? What channel did you find that on? Uh, you can find it on almost or- anything, but pro- I think I rented it on Apple, I think. Yes, I think- so it's like a, a $2, $1.99, two ninety nine. The best three ninety nine you'll spend. <laughs> <laughs> they're also showing a lot of those um uh De Palma films uh as part of their um 80s and 90s erotic thriller uh series mm. on the Criterion uh-huh. channel. Yeah. Uh, which is also a good place to uh, catch those. Brian De Palma is so beloved by critics, especially the French critics, right? They you know, if you go back to Cahiers de Cinema through the years, even uncelebrated De Palma films are on the top of their list of the year, you know, just about every year, but one critic, for the record, who absolutely hated Brian De Palma was my father, Davy Marlon Jones. Uh, that's <laughs> funny. He just thought that the guy had no humanity and was a, <laughs> a um, Hitchcock knockoff, and he just yeah. he it, it made him angry. Just that guy, um, yeah. like, just that guy existing and making movies seemed to piss my father <laughs> off. Well, well I could see that because si- Sisters is like there's so much rear window to that yeah. obsession is like a note yeah. for note yeah. remake of Vertigo yeah. down to the Bernard Herrmann yeah. score. Yeah. Dress to Kill has like like a you know psycho whacking except for in the shower it's um oh, yeah. an elevator. Um, and then blow out is the Antonio blow up. So yeah, I mean, there, it's you could say that you know where's the originality, I guess. But uh, I don't know something about the. It's definitely stylized and stylish, but something about his camera movements and his split diopter of you know someone in in focus in the foreground and the background. I I don't know. I there's it's just cool filmmaking to me, even if the source is not original. It'd know? be great fun to uh, pair like uh, Vertigo and uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
And so, oh, and and the other one we're forgetting it, the Untouchables, as the baby carriage goes down oh, the yeah. staircase. That's yeah. Battleship Potemkin, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and you know he sagged out of that stuff. He did yeah. bigger, better stuff as yeah. he got older. So yeah. So maybe and I guess baby... Scarface. Now I think about it, Scarface is a remake of Howard Hawks's Scarface. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Mission Impossible was a TV series. So we have mentioned uh, the writer's strike, and uh, Jason, uh, you really impressed Oliver with uh, your remarks on the Tony Awards this really? weekend. Really? <laughs> let me ask I never you. have to watch an awards show anymore because, uh, you know, Jason just recaps it for me uh, <laughs> and in such entertaining ways. So I appreciate that, uh, Jason. You did a good job. I thank you. That's funny you mentioned I find I find that I've sort of, fallen off of using Twitter at that other than sharing my daily articles or whatever. But like, I, I, I don't go into almost the, the bait that everyone throws out of name a yeah. director other than this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just am too busy for that right now. But, but the one thing that I'll sit down and just live tweet for that two or three hours is these award shows because you know, I do it for work, but uh, yeah, the Tony's was, uh, was Ariana DeBose. Remember the Oscar winner from yeah. the West side story remake. Yeah. She hosted yeah. for a second year in a row. But she started by saying, We don't have a script, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I am live and unscripted. You're welcome. No writers. How do you think they, uh, surely she made some notes or something. I'm sure she planned some stuff. I'm sure that was just part of this, you know, her idea to say that we're unscripted. Yeah. But it, I kind of liked it where there was not, you know, phony banter of people that, you know, after the awards were given out, they would just kind of, cut to silence heading into a commercial break as other people would just kind of clap for the winners as like other actors backstage or whatever would clap for the winners. So I, I, I don't think it really ruined it. If anything, it kind of sped up the the award show and that, but I want to say that in solidarity with the, the guilds, obviously, but I, I don't think it really hurt the broadcast. Just... <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, SAG-AFTRA, what have they done? They're not on strike. But they're uh, they've they've issued a solidarity statement with the yeah. writers. Yeah. And of course, if they go on strike, uh, I was in SAG after all the years I was on television. Yeah. I'm a SAG after a retiree. Lou was, I think. I'm in, uh, I'm in SAG I'm in SAG after now because WTOP was in AFTRA, and then they merged with all with all the actors. So I don't know if they. Does that mean we're gonna have to stop doing the podcast? Well, I don't know how I don't know how it works. Like I, I was texting my my buddy, my coworker the other day. And I was like, so if they vote, if the actors vote to strike, are we like, are we allowed to work? And he said, I think WTOP has like a no strike clause in our agreement. Like, so I, I need to get so, back to you on that. I'm planning well, on Jason. Working. Maybe you could do the podcast, but without a script. All uh, right. Isn't that kind of what we do anyway? It's as so, if we had one here. Yeah, I don't think gold dust was in the notes. <laughs> it's pretty interesting i think that maybe award shows you know uh are are, are about perhaps the only thing in the world that might be able to be improved or survive yeah. without writers you know other than um american gladiators oh by the way did you see that thing that the hollywood press association has yeah. sold the rights to the golden globes to dick clark productions and there won't be the Hollywood press involved anymore. Yeah. And but, what do you think? It's confusing. <laughs> it seems like it seems like the Hollywood press. The members are still voting, but they're but they're joining two hundred more that are you know. So oh. you know, it, it, they're still part of the it's voting just, body, not by name. 
Um, I mean, it just sounds like a band aid so they can put the thing on NBC another yeah. few years. Yeah, when I first uh, saw when I first saw the you know the trade um, websites posting the article, I I initially cheered. You know, I was like, yeah, right, good good yeah, riddance, Hollywood yeah, Foreign Press. Yeah. And then as you know, and then as you read the details and hear other analysis of it, you're like, wait a minute. So the same members are still there, they're just folded into uh, this larger thing. And then I, I don't know. Yes, it gets confusing, and also I don't know how much good it will do. The Globes are kind of stained at this point. We we like to complain about the the Globes, right? But uh, we just lost yesterday. Uh, treat uh williams right in a in a uh, motorcycle right. accident and yeah. and he was never nominated for an oscar but he was nominated for a few golden globes mm -hmm. you know and um and so you know he's a, he's a, he's an actor you know as we reflect back on him and think about our, the impact that he's had on our television and movie going lives that obviously deserves recognition right mm -hmm. and uh, and that was the only place where where he's going to get it you know it's interesting yeah. to me my wife loved him from blue bloods but when oh, I yeah. heard about his death, I was remembering, and I looked it up, it was 1984. He did a version of A Streetcar Named Desire with uh, Anne Margaret as Blanche, and he wow. was Stanley. And and I, I remember seeing it at the time. Was that the just a, No, a movie. It's oh, a movie. What? And the courage... Of take of remaking wow. one of the greatest classic movies and performances of all time. Yeah, either of you ever seen that? I never Not even the remake. Heard of it. No, not the remake. Yeah. 1984, Streetcar Named Desire, starred Treat Williams. Well, so in, there you are. In '81, he did uh, a, a fabulous movie and a movie that uh, had a that my father loved and had a big impact on me. Uh, Prince of the City. Friends uh, of the City, by, yeah. Sidney yeah, Lumet. Sidney Lumet, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Great cop drama, crime drama. Interesting actor, Arch. I mean, he, you know, he he wasn't like the other actors of his generation. He wasn't no. a Niro. He wasn't a De Niro, you know. Um, but he had a different type of quality, right? Even in that film, in Prince of the City, he was sort of um, kind of derided by critics at the time for not being more like Pacino, you know, who had just done a similar part in Serpico. Uh, and, um, but he had this genuineness, you know, you really felt his presence and you felt the kind of, um, oh, yeah, you know, uh, depth to his character that, by manly. the way, he was yeah, manly. Well, uh, and, um, <laughs> a man, I don't know, I don't know what the, the non Jewish word for mensch is, but there was a mensch quality about him. Huh? Uh, and, and a menschly man, a manly yeah. mensch. It even carried over to his Twitter where he just posted wonderful things about Vermont and, and his life up there. You yeah, know, he was, yeah. he was just such a genuine presence. Uh, the last thing I saw him in was um, uh, We Own the City, uh, the the Baltimore uh, show. Um, oh, yeah. David yeah. Kelly, where he played a professor who had to kind of explain the whole thing. I teach the law to cadets who are about to hit the streets, Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments. A cop can't uphold the law unless he understands the law. I teach these young kids to be good, honest cops. The rest is up to them. He added so much humanity to uh, to to it, uh, and uh, you know, it, it resonated with me even before his tragic passing.
And think of the filmmakers you work with. Like you mentioned um, Sidney Lumet, Prince of the City, Mm -hmm. but Milos Mm -hmm. Foreman's hair and Spielberg's 1941. We roasted that in our podcast. Sergio Leone's uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Like that's some of the heavy hitters of all time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a sad piece of news. Segwaying out of that, (laughs) shall shall we pay tribute to Pat Sajak? (laughs) leaving what would you ever give up that gig it is literally the the easiest job ever he's like 80 years old yeah i mean it's an institution uh you know and and he uh, survived outlived um alex trebek it was always the one-two punch of Mm -hmm. uh, wheel of fortune in jeopardy and so alex trebek passed and I always thought Sajak, yeah, I probably, I'm surprised he, you know, he lasted as long as he did, but it's an institution. Maybe one of the people who tried out for Jeopardy take oh, over yeah. Wheel of Fortune. Ah, it was a, that's the big conspiracy. It was all a trial run to see who'll take over Wheel of Fortune. I, um, I, when I think of Wheel of Fortune, I think of quickly scrambling for the remote control after Jeopardy can <laughs> to turn the tiki off. Um, it, 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 as soon as I see that spinning wheel, I'm like, where is it? Where's my remote? <laughs> Surely they won't have a Vanna person in the next version, do you think? Oh, there's I no mean, way a computer can do a job like that, Arch. Uh, <laughs> just That's just the kind AI. of AI thing. Are they, AI both, are they have... both retiring or is it just Sajak? I haven't heard a word about Vanna. I mean, that, that's in the t- together. It'd be hard to imagine, you know, one, one without the other, but. Um, yeah, I guess she's his, a youthful 65. Yeah. And I guess the final, his sign off will be R S T L and E. Put that on the headstone. Oh, you're killing me. You are <laughs> killing me. This is amazing. Wait, uh, wait, hang I on went, one second. It didn't, doesn't Sajak have local ties to DC yeah, area? He's what? got a place like on the Eastern shore or in Annapolis right. or something. And he, and he spends, many hours in Annapolis. And who knows, maybe he'll listen to this podcast and uh, denounce us. Probably. Sorry, sorry. Hey, we're giving you props, Pat Sajak. Long career. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, way to go. Good run. He was, a, he was a weatherman in L.A. way back in the day, I believe. Um, back so, back uh, when they really had weathermen. Yeah, yeah. When that stood for something. <laughs> when when weathermen were yeah. stand-up comics. Not you spin like the day. You spin the giant wheel to see if it's going to be sunny or cloudy. Or... <laughs> oh, we're bankrupt today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, I want to mention Flaming Hot. Anybody see that on Hulu? The uh, movie about the guy who invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yeah, I saw it. Did you see it, Arch? Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was uh, kind of Ted Lasso nice, like. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's Jesse uh, Garcia is the guy who plays uh, Richard Montaigne. Montaigne is, I think. Yeah, Montaigne. Yes, is <laughs> I'm the one from isn't South. It, isn't Texas. it all not true though? Well, that's what that's what I was about that's to say. A like lot of it's it, yeah. it's an inspiring underdog story of a Frito Lay janitor uh-huh. who invented flaming hot Cheetos, and and like if you accept it on face value, it's like Arch is yeah. saying, it's cute. It's yeah. in a, it's in an yeah. inspiring, yeah. like, yeah. you know, Rocky or something, you know, it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, But I, I, but you might want to just leave it there. Cause then once you read, <laughs> read about it, you're like, it's just so right. inspiring. If only for were true, if there was a um LA times 
expose out where you are, Oliver. I think in twenty yeah. that said I that it was actually invented by like a la- a Frito Lay lab in the Midwest. And Arch, they they even they touch on that a little in the movie. It's like a humorous cutaway where they're like, eh, all right, well maybe it wasn't. Maybe this wasn't exactly. Yeah. Like, Ava yeah. Longoria yeah. directs yeah, well, it. Yeah. And they do some freeze frames where he goes, okay, it's not didn't happen this way. So I think. <laughs> In a way, it's sort of couched in this. Did it happen, sir, or not? So I don't know. And you'll—it's inspiring if you if you want to take it as that. I know I don't look it, but I got a PhD. Hmm. I'm poor, hungry, and determined, sir. Okay, I can see you're going to be a weird one. Did I somewhere in Queens come? You know, uh, Oliver, you mentioned some. Did you mention somewhere in Queens? I was too like that was a favorite of Lou's. Oh, Cinema Lou. Yeah, and I it looks like it's about to hit uh, streaming, and I because I wanted to see it in the theaters, and I couldn't find a theater showing it. Is this the Ray Romano one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to see it so bad. I think it's going to be streaming, so I'll look for that. Yeah. So speaking of streaming, let's stream it over to Lou Cast <laughs> in the control room to tell us all about Hound Radio, our enabler of this podcast if you're just tuning in to hound radio maybe for the very first time we know hey we know you regularly listen to the podcast but here's what you'll find us playing what is hound radio it's the best breeds of music like classic old school r&b today's hits and a whole lot more hound radio so here's where I think we are so far in this podcast. Um, I've run out of things to watch. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to come to your rescue, Arch. Uh, um, opening up uh, this weekend uh, in, um, uh, in D.C. and I think wide is the movie um, by a director named Celine Song that came out of Sundance called Past Lives. Uh, yeah. Adult uh, romance and... Uh, it's one of the it's one of the best films of the year. Uh, it's it's going to be a movie that we're going to be reflecting on on this podcast a lot. What a good story this is! Childhood sweethearts who reconnect twenty years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. Shut up! He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? It's a romantic movie that both recalls uh, great films like um, uh, like A Brief Encounter or mm-hmm. the, the Richard Linkletter trilogy, but also is completely unique and and so very patient and deeply felt and adult. You nice. know, it feels like a- Who's, who's in it? Past uh, Lives. Um, uh, the actor is named, uh, she was also in a Spider, um, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Greta Lee. Uh, Greta Lee, right? Um, Never uh, heard of her. She's very good, uh, and um, and the movie um, uh, Celine Song is a playwright in New York, and this is her first film. Uh, and um, and the story is um, is about uh, a young woman who had um, moved from uh, Korea when she was about uh, twelve years old, and uh, and the crush that she had as a as a twelve year old finds her on social media. They they connect uh, briefly over Skype uh, twelve years later, and then again when she's married at age thirty six, and they walk around the city together. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a really um, deeply felt film uh, that that understands uh, patience, right? It's really uh, a, a, was a lovely 
uh, experience. Uh, beautiful music too. Just a, just I couldn't recommend it more. Mm-hmm. So it sounds a little bit right. like Return to uh, Sai. Was it Return to Saigon from last? No, Return year? to Seoul. Return uh, to Seoul. Remember it was. That? It was. Uh, it was similar, but this was. This is a romantic movie. Uh, and that that movie had sort of maybe a more cynical view of this. This is a movie about love, uh, and uh, so so uh, I, I know that you're a softy at heart, Arch. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna love it. I mean, if you're if you're at home watching Merchant Ivory movies, you need to get out to the. <laughs> and well, uh, you know, not only did I watch The Room with the View and uh, Remains of the Day, uh, I also uh, watched Casablanca and uh, Brief Encounter. Oh. <laughs> He just mentioned Brief Encounter. Good time. I ate a box of chocolates. (laughs) Had a good cry. (laughs) Well, Casablanca and a bunch of other um, uh, Humphrey Bogart movies are playing at the AFI Silver right now. Oh, yeah. Um, And if you have an opportunity to see uh, Casablanca in a movie theater, I have um, three times. Um, Mm. It's it's worth doing. Um, It's a different uh, movie in the dark. The Avalon had a um, a fundraiser about four right before COVID, and uh, a guy who I think is still the head of the radio TV department at the University of Texas had written a book about Casablanca. I think it's called "We'll Always Have Casablanca," mm-hmm. and uh, and they interviewed him. Uh, you know, they t- and and you know the stories about Casablanca that all of the extras were immigrants and that uh, they had been going through this and that the scene where they sing uh, the French national anthem, yeah. everyone was crying mm. and uh, you know it it was a a wonderful experience to see it in the theater. Oh, that's so! I love that you mentioned that scene with the French national anthem uh-huh, uh, yeah. because. Tom Hanks was discussing that with Ben Mankiewicz on TCM the other day, uh-huh, like a week uh-huh. ago. Yeah. Um, Hanks was talking about, I didn't realize this. You, you know, you know what, what, before they, they strike up La Massiere or whatever, yeah, uh, they yeah. cut to bogey and he just gives that little nod, like to uh-huh, give permission. Yeah, well, Tom yeah. Hanks was saying that that was just shot completely as like a pickup separate shot. They didn't know where they were going to put it in. They just had a shot of bogey nodding and knew they would use it later, but it, comes in at the, the perfect time and it's one of the greatest maybe the greatest scene in movie history oh. well and that's a movie i mean speaking of life without writers that was a movie where the script was never finished the script mm-hmm. was always a mess and and it's probably one of the only examples of masterpiece film uh that was you know largely created in camera and and um and, and did not have a fixed script uh so um not that that is a life we want to be li- leading but um <laughs> And one, no, argu- arguably the most always. famous script ever with what, six, seven, eight famous lines and then yeah, everything in quoted oh, scripts ever. Yeah. 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 And all the lines in between that aren't even famous that are just yeah. so good. So, no, I, keep I, worked, I worked with a producer who loved to go around saying, I am shocked, shocked. There is gambling in this establishment. Right. Yeah. You're winning, winning sir. <laughs> I quote my wife and I quote it because she'll, if she'll do something, she'll say, Oh, I try. And I say, We all try. You see. There's so many good, or what I came for for the waters. I was yes, uh, there are no waters in Casablanca. Yeah. I was missing four. Yes. The, the non famous lines are some of the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Rick. Rick. You are a man. <laughs> <laughs> if a woman did a thing, a bad thing, 
and locked it away in her heart. <laughs> wow. Good boy, good arch. Your talents are many full. So everyone head to the like, AFI Silver and Silver Spring and check it yeah. out. It's a good thing I quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lost weekend. <laughs> That's a different movie. Oh, God. And, uh, on Wednesday night, I'm going to see um, the new Indiana Jones movie. Dial of Destiny, part yeah, five. Indiana Jones and the the Golden Walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it ended when uh, him and Sean Connery rode off into the sunset after the third one. Yeah, right? the fourth one didn't happen, ended. right? God. So wait, no. what are you thinking? Are you expecting anything good out of it, or is it just going to be got a- such terrible reviews out of Can? I mean, uh, it was. I mean, the the reviews were just brutal. Uh, that it's yeah. hard to believe that. Um, uh, it's anything other than than very disappointing. Of course, I I will hold an open heart, but sure. of course, you know, Arch and I, and we've talked on this show of the significance yes, yes. of uh, of uh, that first film. Uh, we were at that I, same screening. Oh yeah, yeah, we were at that same screening, and and uh, that was probably one of the most significant films I'd ever seen in the theater. It you was, know, this date. The audience oh, watched it out. again last night. Um, you can you know, uh, it never grow grows old. Yeah, um, boy. But, um, but we do, and so does Harrison yeah. Ford. Um, I, I love that you said I'll hold an open heart. Was that a Temple of Doom reference? <laughs> I'll reach in and pull it out and hold it. No, seriously, yeah. that I I feel like there's Star Wars kids and there's Indiana Jones kids. But I was always an Indiana yeah. Jones kid. Like that tr- that first yeah. trilogy. Yeah. What well, like I right. I love it. I loved it. And Last Crusade was great. I I choose not to remember part four. And I'll I'll see five and I'll see what I think, but I'm I don't okay. Know. So we're wrapping up. I think our time is coming to a close. And let's very quickly, uh, what shall we recommend for the weekend? Oh my God, what? <laughs> Flaming hot on Hulu. Maybe I'm, I'm gonna... uh, yeah. shooting maybe shooting stars. The LeBron James thing on Peacock. Maybe it's about the the you know, gives a shout out to his childhood maybe. teammates. It's not great, but it's something. I'll I'll I'm gonna go with De Palma's blowout. Check out the podcast. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that you guys once again uh, get out of your comfort zone and go to the movie theater and see um, uh, You Hurt My Feelings. Uh, which oh, is I, a, thought, uh, I loved oh, it. Oh, great. I yeah. I loved it. And I, loved I, seeing uh, Amber Tamblyn. Uh, oh, she was so funny yeah. uh, with David Cross. Uh, mm-hmm. David Cross with one of the great lines, uh, I don't hate women, I hate you. <laughs> and on that quality. note, we shall so return. Guys. There's some movies I'm looking forward to, and we'll talk about them next time. See you in two weeks. Thank you, Jason Fraley, Oliver Jones, Lou Cat, and have a good week. Gold Dust Twins out. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>